0: I'm TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I ask that you like, share, and comment on this video. Thanks for watching. All I got to say is, who that? hey what's going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast thank you so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast where we talk new Orleans saints uh really do appreciate your time thank you so much for choosing the state of the saints podcast for your listening and your viewing pleasure hope everybody has had a great couple of days um i haven't done a show since i think thursday of last week or something like that so Hope everybody is doing fine. Uh, i get to that a little bit later why, you know, I didn't do a show. And it'll kind of coincide with uh, something that I have coming up uh, immediately following this episode. But uh, we're going to be continuing our talks uh, with the mock draft. Uh, This is part three of the State of the Saints podcast mock draft edition. Uh, If you've been following the State of the Saints podcast for the last two episodes, uh, you know that we focused on wh- round one um, and what we thought the New Orleans Saints or where, what I thought the New Orleans Saints uh, should go also round number two. We talked a little bit about that as well. And now we, we shift to, we shift to round number three, uh, round number three uh, where, you know, the New Orleans Saints will be picking uh, at number 71. Now, Uh, If you've been following once again, you know, in the first round, I felt the Saints need to uh, maybe get some help on the defensive line, Uh, maybe an edge rusher, an interior lineman. Uh, Round number two, I thought the Saints probably would go for a position of need that's a little bit thin. Uh, So, you know, I I chose, you know, the linebacker, you know, a linebacker position. And in round three, you know, I, I really had to think about this really hard because, you know the Saints. You know they've really done a really good job this offseason season at addressing a lot of the needs that they had. You know they they went out here and they got guys that they needed, and it's, it's very few positions that you look at and just say, man, you know the New Orleans Saints really need some help right here. You know, so the Saints kind of have that that luxury of of being able to pick kind of freely and and going with guys that can really contribute to the team. And, you know, as I look around the National Football League, as I look at the stories uh, that, that that follow the New Orleans Saints, uh, one story just kind of just is out there, and that's the story about Alvin Kamara and the possible court case that he has coming up and what he's dealing with. And even though the Saints have uh, signed Jamal Williams, which is a really good pick, we know that Jamal Williams is a really good running back. Uh, He led all running backs in and rushing touchdowns last season and had one of his best productive, most productive seasons he ever had in the NFL last season. But the question mark is about Alvin Kamara. You know, will Alvin Kamara uh, face suspension? Will his uh, you know, will his team uh, be able to prolong the inevitable or, you know, will they settle it out in court where he probably more than likely won't have to be suspended. I mean, there's so many different scenarios you have to think about. And I can tell you one one organization that can't, and that is the Saints. Like, the Saints cannot wait around and wait to see what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. Um, It might not go your way. It may go your way, but you want to be able to dot your I's and cross your T's. And what I have seen the New Orleans Saints doing over the last couple of weeks, they've been doing just that. Um, They've been bringing in guys... Uh, that are going to be drafted and it's it's a lot of guys that you know we didn't expect for them to even try to bring in because maybe there's a chance where I don't know they don't want to go in that direction or you know it's a position that it seems like it's kind of congested but in round number three I think that the New Orleans Saints need to address the running back situation and one guy that I and very, very high on a guy that I have a lot of respect for is Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh. Uh, Kenny McIntosh is a really good running back, he's about the same uh, size and build of Alvin Kamara. He's a guy that can help out in pass protection, as y'all can see right here. Um, he put that foot into the ground, he can reverse field, he can run north south, he can be that one cutback that you need him to be, and he can also help you out in a passing game as well. I mean, he's done a really good job throughout his entire college career being able to catch the ball and being able to do something with it. Uh, he has been the spark of the Georgia Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, every time he comes in when his name is called, he goes out there and he and he does amazing things. And I have nothing but respect for this guy. And I think that he will be a contributor right away. Uh, Kenny McIntosh is uh, 23 years old. He's a native of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's six feet, 210 pounds. I mean, I don't think I have to tell anybody about Kenny McIntosh if you've been watching him play football. You've seen him, uh, you know, against some of the most stiffest competition right here against the University of Tennessee. You know, you got South Carolina. He played in the SEC and he checks all the boxes about what you actually want. And, you know, he's a guy that can help you out in, in other ways as well. You know, if you want to. Have him help in a, in a return game. He can do that. But I'm mostly concerned about a guy that can that can never leave the field. He doesn't have to leave the field because of his immaculate pass protection. And I I have I had opportunity to talk to him during the combine. And you know I talked to him a little bit about how I felt. You know he was above. You know like he's one of the best pass protected running backs coming out. And he said you know at being at the University of Georgia. You know, it is is important like to be be good in pass protection because if you don't, no matter how good you are, you're not going to see the field. This dude is going to be a really good running back. I think he will be there at number 71. Now, I know some Saints fans, they, they want that connection to Louisiana. They want that connection in LSU or Tulane. I know Ty J Spears is a guy that has been on everybody's uh list and everybody wants Ty J Spears. I like him a lot. Got opportunity to talk to him, too. Love his personality, man. I think that his personality, definitely, it would be great in the Saints locker room. But I just think that more than likely, the way that he played in a Cotton Bowl, what he showed at the Senior Bowl, a team is going to draft this guy relatively early. I, I think that he, he might even be a second-round pick based on what I've seen and based on like the way he's carrying himself. But a guy like Kenny McIntosh saw him at the senior bowl didn't really have to look at him at the senior bowl. I mean, dude in a, played in a national championship game, one of the biggest games of the year. And, um, he was virtually unstoppable in that game. So to me, uh, Kenny McIntosh would be a really good fit for the new Orleans saints. And, uh, I think that he will be a, a guy that can be a part of this saints organization, uh, you know, and be that guy that we need him to be for the foreseeable future. Now, um, that doesn't mean that there's not a place for Alvin Kamara, but I do feel like the New Orleans Saints need to make sure that they address this situation and, and make sure that they have the right guys. we seen last year there was a lot of injuries at the running back position. Uh, Alvin Kamara had that, that, that rib injury, and then they went and brought David Johnson in. They got Latavius Murray for a few minutes for a cup of coffee. You know, Tony Jones Jr. was here, but he ended up leaving, going to Seattle. I mean, so you, you need to be able to make sure that you have some thoroughbreds in the barn uh, just in case something happens to your running back. And I think that we also have to take this into account as well. Alvin Kamara has been injured over the last couple of years. He has he has missed a, a, a good amount of games. So you want to be able to have some guys that can pick up the slack. You got Jamal Williams who can be that sledgehammer. If you want to practice physical football, he can be that guy for you. But you also need some guy, a guy that can be physical, but also need a guy with a little bit of style and a little bit of finesse. But um that, that's the way I feel about the third round. I feel the Saints need to go after Kenny McIntosh at number 71. Let me go ahead and read some of your comments. I know I said I was this this show was gonna be pre-recorded. I thought that I was going to be held up uh longer than I end up being. So I'm actually live right now. So I know some people might think that this is pre-recorded. We're actually live right now. So I'm going to go ahead and read some of your comments. And I'm telling you, this is not going to be a long show. And, you know, in a few minutes, you know, I, I'll tell you all why it's not going to be a, a very long show. But let me go ahead and um, read some of your comments. It says, smart to not depend on a draftee versus a guy who's been there. If a good uh, comes in ready to go, he'll be contributing and not carrying. Uh, let's see. Uh, wow. Uh, dang I was thinking the same guy yeah I like Kenny McIntosh a lot man I like this running back I mean the, the the I mean the tape speaks for itself um and that's that's only half of what you know that he can actually do I, I just made sure that I show you know a, a little bit of what he has in his repertoire but the Saints need somebody that can help out in pass protection that's something that Alvin Kamara kind of struggles with also man with the pass protection and Rather you like Mark Ingram or not, Mark Ingram was a really good pass protector uh when he was in a Saints uniform. So um Alvin Kamara is somebody that you know kind of struggles in that regard. I, now he might work on it his offseason and be really, really good at it going forward, but uh, from what we've seen, you know, it, it's it's average. It's not, you know, it's not top-notch. Uh let's see, my prayers is that uh, they draft for the rest of our needs. We have enough veterans. We should draft for our future. Well, the Taints are a relatively young team if you look around. I mean, I know it, it seems like they're a veteran team because you have so many guys that are mainstays. You you focus in on the Cam Jordans. You focus in on the Demario Davises. But, I mean, you got Pete Warner, uh, who's going into his third season. You got Chris Olave who's young. Rasheed Shahid who's young. Offensive line, for the most part, Trevor Penning is young. Uh, Cesar Ruiz is young. Eric McCoy is young. So it, it just seems like, you know, they, they're they a veteran team, but they're not. You know, you got a lot of young guys on this team. Paulson Adebo, um, Elante Taylor, uh, you know, so many different guys that are, that are young. They're still in their late or early 20s, and they still got a lot of football ahead of them. It just seems that way because, you know, we kind of focus in on those guys because of their leadership. And see, I think it's smart for the Saints not to get a home talent, a young guy with money in hometown in trouble waiting to happen uh, from a business perspective. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, but um, that's why you do your due diligence. It, it like there there's that's not, I'm pretty sure that's not a deciding factor for a lot of teams if they feel like they got the right guy. Some guys, you know, they go to their hometown and you know, they can excel because they, you know, they got the right people behind them. Uh, you know, but if you are one of those individuals, like for example, Tyron Matthew early in his career, like it's probably, it, no, I it ain't probably about it. It wouldn't have been the best decision in the world to allow him to be a part of the saints organization. I remember like, when he was coming out, people was like, man, we need to draft Tyron Matthew. I was happy that the guy ended up going to Arizona because it was the best thing to happen to him. He aligned himself with Patrick Peterson. A guy, you know, that you know played at LSU with him, and you know he's a guy that that can kind of take him under his wing and taught him how to be a professional. Um, but you know, some guys, you know they they don't, you know they they don't carry themselves, you know, like you know they're arrogant. Got to have a whole team around them. There's some there's some guys that that are made of the right stuff, and no matter where they are, they can excel. But uh, from a, a a growth standpoint. Um, you know, I would like to see these guys go other places. I don't, like, if, if a guy gets drafted by another team and he's from New Orleans or the surrounding area and then he comes back for a victory lap, I'm, not, I'm all for that, you know? But I just think that sometimes, you know, guys got to get away from their hometown. You know, I, I think about guys like Justin Herbert, right? Justin Herbert, it was from Eugene, Oregon, went to the University of Oregon in Eugene, And for the first time in his entire life, he left when he was drafted to the Los Angeles Chargers. So sometimes you need that experience in life in in order for you to get away from familiar territory in order for you to to thrive. Um, There could be outside elements that could affect you. But, you know, if you, like I said, if you're made of the right stuff, it, it won't, you know, like, and a lot of these guys, you know, are made of the right stuff. Now, some guys, you know, they might fall and, You know, they might go through some growing pains. I can remember Dez Bryant uh, being drafted by the Cowboys. Uh, You know, he was from, if I'm not mistaken, if he was, I want to say he was from uh, DeSoto, Texas. Um, You know, uh, uh, it's it's not a suburb, but, you know what I'm saying, it's like a, it can be a rough area. They got some rough areas out there. And I remember, like, it it, it was to a point where he had to have, like, somebody living in his home with them, you know <laughs> like i can remember like I, I stayed in dallas texas during the time when Dez bryan was drafted i remember like uh, working at cbs pharmacy and seeing Dez bryan to roll up in a lamborghini you know what i'm saying <laughs> get the store buy some snacks <laughs> and leave you know what i'm saying but it was like it, it was um it was rough for him, you know but you have some guys out there that they are around their hometown might be from their home state and they and they try so it's kind of like a mixed bag here but it's up to the team to do their due diligence to try to make sure that they that that guy can actually deal uh with standing in hometown if they decide to pull that trigger uh let's see say tj check out uh running back uh keith and mitchell uh this youngster is the truth i'll make sure i check him out dwayne mcbride is a bulldozer yeah dwayne mcbride from uab really good solid running back and, um, you know, I mean, he definitely can push the pile. He would be a guy I'd be lobbying for if the Saints didn't have Jamal Williams. But I think Jamal Williams might fit that mold. But McBride going to be a really solid running back for somebody. Might even be a really good running back. Depends on where he goes. Sugar Spice, so happy to hear that your mother is getting better. Blessings to you and your family. Yeah, uh, Sugar uh, Spice, you know, that's a good thing. You know, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that um, your mother is doing great. And, um, you know, we pray for a strength and a, a continual progress. Uh, I came to the conclusion taking a running back, a tight end in the first round would be a mistake. I think we definitely need to go defensive lineman. Trading for a Simmons will give you flexibility. Gibbs, uh, Mayors, Dalton, also good, but go DL in the trenches. I feel this way about the running back and the tight end. Um, if they're a generational talent, like if Brock Bowers, was in his draft and the Saints drafting him, I have no problem with that. Because to me, I think Brock Bowers is a generational talent at tight end. Um he kind of like that whole Kyle Pitch type thing, you know? And also, you know, you, you got a guy like B. John Robinson. You know, like these guys are supposed to be like a generational talent. You got a Saquon Barkley or uh, you got like one of these guys like Adrian Peterson. If you got a guy like that that's coming out and you draft him in the first round, I have no problem with that because Look what Adrian Peterson did for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, look what Saquon has done when he's healthy. So if you have a generational talent at at those positions, then I say go for it. But if it's a guy that, you know, end up, that's going to end up just being solid and, you know, there's a chance where he can be above average, I don't think you need to pull that trigger. Um, I do think that the running back position is a devalued position. I think that people don't put that much stock into it. Because they feel like, you know, I can get a running back in the third, fourth round, and he can be just as productive as a guy in the first round, and I don't have to pay him as much. But, um, you know, if you find yourself a generational talent, I say go for it. I I, I think that, you know, that's what people, or I'm saying, that's what organizations do. You know, they if a guy's a generational talent, they go for him. If not, then they're like, um, yeah. Uh, TJ, what is is the link to donate for the tornadoes? um i i make sure i send the link if you check out the the last episode of state of saints podcast is in the description you can hit that link and um you know you can be able to donate um definitely i've been working on donating Uh, Um, i found an individual who i'm you know using these proceeds to help him and his family you know they they definitely you know were affected by this tornado uh some you know and it, I, I want to continue to do these things, you know. I want to continue to, you know, not only just help certain individuals, but also be able to send stuff down there, you know, and be able to help within a community. But I, you know, with these proceeds, definitely gonna, you know, going towards a family that that really needs it. Uh, been staying in a a hotel, you know, um, and right now, you know, saying things are kind of touch and go. So, um, definitely if you can donate. Uh, it's in the description of the last episode uh, of the State of Saints podcast. You can donate if, if you would like um, as we continue to pray for those individuals and lift them up in prayer, man. Let's see. Uh, I know Gibbs won't be that far down, but if so, either big versatile tight ends who play receiver can be the next Graham or Gibbs or who that nation. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, look, the thing about it is, man, you, there are certain uh, guys at positions you can be like, he's going to be the next this, that, but I feel like this, man, there's some guys that you have those thoughts about. And then there's like guys that are just a easy read, you know, like, and I just feel like if you kind of congest this guy into this box, he can be this. Like, for example, like when Adam Troutman first came out, you know, I, I was one of those people. I was like, man, this guy can be Rob Gronkowski. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he was a really good pass-catching tight end. And, you know, if you can get him to be a better blocker, he'll be really good. The, the crazy thing about it is Adam Troutman is a better blocker than he is a pass-catching tight end. Like, he basically is, you know, his career like went in reverse. Like, I thought, like, once he started learning how to block, he would be virtually unstoppable. I mean, those, those catches that he had in traffic. So... I just think that sometimes like we have these these you know these thoughts and these feelings and these views about and the possibilities of what these guys can be. But if it's an easy read, like man, I don't care where you put this dude, this dude is gonna be a beast. I, I say, I say you go out there and you go and get him. Uh I would say Hooker in the third, but his stock has risen a little bit. Well, that's good. You know, I feel like Henry Hooker's stock should have not even been to been at this point. Um Hendon Hooker has been really good for Tennessee. Now, some people would look at, oh, look at the style that they play, and you know, and they look at like the way that they play offense, and look. All I'm saying is the dude is good. Like when you have a high completion percentage, when you have a, you know, when you're out there throwing the ball and, and putting it into the hands of these receivers, I just think that the guy isn't getting that much credit. It seems like everybody around him they're trying to make them work, like. They trying to sell the entire world on Will Levis. Like, oh, look at him! Look at look at that release! Like, look at look at how deep the ball goes. And it's like when it comes to Hendon Hooker, it's like, oh yeah, just sit him down for a little while, and then he might end up developing and being what you want him to be. All I know is, if a guy struggles with accuracy in college, there's a chance that he will struggle in the pros. Right? If you averaging about fifty to sixty percent, but Uh, completion percentage you know like what you think will happen when you go to the nfl nine times out of ten you are who you are now it might increase a little bit but you still gonna fall into that same range i feel like when it comes to henry hooker if the guy can get the ball where it needs to be and you know he goes to the right team you can have yourself a solid quarterback for the foreseeable future but trying to sell me on Levis, trying to sell me on all these other quarterbacks when you had a guy that, for some apparent reason, even though he threw two interceptions the entire season last year, did not even make a Heisman trip. I mean, come on, man. Like, the dude is is a, a good quarterback, and a solid quarterback, and can be what you want him to be. And um, I'm just rooting for him, man, because, you know, I got an opportunity to meet the guy, talk to him, and uh, dude head his own straight, man. And uh, even though, you know, he was, at the time, he was, in a leg brace, cause I, I met him at the Senior Bowl. I mean, he still wasn't discouraged. If you, if you hear him talk about football, he you know what the heck he's talking about. So, um, like I said, man, I got mad respect for the guy, and I'm rooting for him. And I, I don't understand like why nobody ain't giving this guy the attention uh, that that he deserved, man. I mean, a guy that goes out there and throw for what over 25 touchdowns, two picks before he was injured, and nobody give this guy no type of credit as, as a as a solid quarterback. And uh, speaking of which, you know, the Saints uh, flew him in on Monday. Uh, he's supposed to be meeting with them today. Pretty sure he's meeting with them right now as we speak. Uh, so, you know, the Saints, you know, might have might look at him and might end up taking a fly on him. Now, I don't know in the first round. I don't think that would be it. That would be kind of insane. And I would wonder to myself, how would Derek Carr feel about that situation? You know, especially, like, since you invested $150 million in him, like, why would you draft a guy that early unless you just feel like Derek Carr ain't going to pan out? But, uh, you know, if he's there for, like, in the a, in a second round or, or even the third, you know, like, I think that, you know, it, it would be a draft pick where it don't garner any type of animosity or anybody being, you know, in their feelings or having, a you know, a little bit of an ego trip, so... Yeah, if he's there, which I highly doubt in the sec in in the third round, I say why not? Uh I wouldn't mind going offense if we traded for Tennessee's uh tackle Simmons, but I don't trust our defensive lineman. We need more assurance to get pass rush, uh stop run, and a quarterback option. Uh match physicality of San Francisco and Philly. Uh, we gotta get dogs. Well, I I put like this no cap, no filter. Let's 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 look at it this way. It's not like it's not like the San Francisco 49ers just blew the Saints out of the water. They only scored 13 points. They scored 13 points with, with you know, with a team that had everybody playing. You know, I, don't, I think George Kittle was playing, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? But it, it's, it's not like they just got went out there and just got absolutely destroyed. Like, they went out there and they played really well. I, I just think that people, like, I don't think, the Saints are as far away or some of these other teams in NFC are just as far away from Philly and San Francisco as people may think. I just think that they're the cream of the crop because the last two teams we've seen in NFC Championship were these two teams. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Saints can beat the 49ers if they played them in the playoffs or beat Philadelphia of that matter. So I understand that Philadelphia didn't have Jalen Hurts and the Saints have never beaten Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, when he was quarterbacking. But I think the Saints have addressed the situation of, you know, interior linemen, getting guys like Cullen Sanders and uh, Nathan Shepard. I think that they're going to end up getting some more guys that are more, you know, athletic. you got still got Malcolm Roach, who's athletic guy, and you might end up drafting another guy. So to say that the Saints, you know, haven't improved, I mean – if you ever seen Colin Sanders play, you know that he's upgrade from shot Tuttle, And, uh, you know, Nathan, you know, Nathan Shepard is a guy that, too, you know what I'm saying, to me, needs an opportunity. I just think that he was in a very congested defensive line and he, he hasn't got an opportunity to really show what he has. I think as the reps go up, you're going to see Nathan Shepard play much better than you think. You know, I just think that some people may look at his stats and kind of breeze past him because, he really didn't have that much playing time. I mean, when you have Quentin Williams out there and you you got Sheldon Rankins and so many of those other guys, you fighting and jockeying for position. And the only way you're playing is probably if a guy gets nicked up and you just come running up in that thing or a guy needs to get a Gatorade break. But this is going to be an opportunity for these guys to really show what they have and, and get a, a a good percent of, of, of the snaps. And uh, I think that you're going to see these guys have what it takes and you're going to see these guys athletic ability so uh boy we don't need uh no hooker our quarterback off the future is in next year's draft coastal carolina grayson mccall he's accurate and never threw uh 10 picks in any of the three years he's returning for a senior um look i like grayson mccall and i know him quite well um uh, me being from myrtle uh me being in myrtle beach and i i literally live seven minutes from Coastal carolina like literally um so i'm very familiar with him watching him play uh mad respect and love that the people have for him but look you you can't just be sitting around here waiting for next year all right if you got a guy that can come in that can play that you feel like can be the future of your franchise you get him and um, you can't be like man i'm gonna just wait for next year like who's to say that grayson mccall might might pan out Who's to say like one of these other guys gonna be able to pan out? Like we see this all the time where a guy comes in highly touted, everybody thinks he's gonna be the next this, the next that, and then he ends up like folding like a cheap tent. Like you cannot be waiting for the future to arrive. You got to you gotta go out there and you gotta make this thing happen. And uh, there's there's nothing wrong with Grayson McCall. Don't get me wrong. I think that you know he he can be a very solid, very good uh quarterback. Uh, it kind of I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how he's going to play with the you know with with the new offense that they're coming in with their brand new head coach you know they're going to be running a pro style so I think that might be beneficial to him also you know he, he was on a, he was in the transfer reporter uh, but decided to like take his name out uh, and come back to uh, Coastal Carolina so uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of unanswered questions that Grayson McCall have now. Grayson McCall was a guy that um, you know I have a lot of respect for. Um, you know I've, I've talked about him on this show. I won my on with the Saints, but look if you can get a guy like Henry Hooker who is extremely accurate and that can fit your offense or any any quarterback, it doesn't even have to be Hooker. It can be someone else that you feel like can fit the mold of the offense that you're trying to run then you go out there and get him. You don't say, oh, man, well, let me wait till next year to get Grayson McCall. There's a chance that you might not even get Grayson McCall if he goes out there and he plays better than, you know, you you saying that he is. might not even get a chance to do it. And I don't think the Saints are going to be terrible. Like, it's not like the Saints playing a first-place schedule here, you know? So there's there's a strong chance that the Saints might make the postseason tight ends historically take few years for their game to translate in the league. We need guys that can contribute now. Our trenches on both sides need to be addressed. O-line needs depth due to injuries. Defensive line at 29. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. You know, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. And I also feel like, you know, this is the year uh, that the Saints need to, you know, address these positions and they have. So I think that if if this offseason is any indication of what they're going to do, that's exactly what they're going to do in the draft. Who that your boy living Monroe at the zoo with the kids. <laughs> Let's see. Uh Saints should uh take Hooker with the uh, second pick. Uh Jameis will be gone uh in a year. Yeah, I mean, look, Jameis pretty much gonna use this this year, get himself healthy. I mean, if something was to happen to Derek Carr, he'll be thrust into it, but if history has shown us anything, you know, Derek Carr has been relatively healthy. Not relatively. He has been healthy the majority of his career. If we were to draft a wide receiver, who would it be or uh, would you uh, want on the team? Um, I think that based on what the Saints have done, you know, getting Brian Edwards, uh, you know, getting uh, Michael Thomas back, getting Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed. I think that you, if you want to get, like, one of those later rounds, if you want to go after a wide receiver, I say you go ahead and do it, even though, you know, um, wouldn't surprise me at all if the Saints end up getting a guy like, you know, Josh Downs or something like that, you know, especially if they end up, you know, giving Rashid Shahid a, a larger workload. You'll probably need a guy like uh, Josh Downs to come in, maybe pick up the slack a little bit on special teams and also contribute. And, and some other ways as well uh, in my honest opinion I feel like if we are uh, to look at for a quarterback we should try to do it after Derek Carr's second year uh, we can't uh, go doing the whole Drew Brees route thing uh route again well look here's the thing if we're not going to go the same route as Drew Brees then why wouldn't we want to look for a quarterback right you look for a quarterback you know when when a guy is in his prime see here's the here's the reality see we look at guys like Tom Brady we look at guys like Aaron Rodgers and those guys are outliers right so we just automatically think like if a guy is 32 or 33 years old oh man he got another 10 years left in him but that ain't always the case I mean for every you know for every Aaron Rodgers there's a Matt Ryan you know what I'm saying and Matt Ryan God bless the brother, you know what I'm saying? But, man, he he looked old, slow, and he looked like his career is done. And, uh, you know, like, so I think when we look at guys like that, we say, oh, man, we got another, you know, so many years. But who's to say that these guys will go out there and play and be everything we want them to be as long as that contract entails? Like, Derek Carr might go out there and light it up this year, and then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, and he might – you know, get a little bit closer to retirement the next year. So you can't like just sit up here and just say, okay, man, we straight at quarterback. Look, we don't want it to be like the Drew Brees situation. What the Saints did, I feel like they took Drew Brees for granted because even though they knew that Drew Brees couldn't get the ball down the field as as, as much as he once did, they kind of just looked at his talent and looked the way he can get in and out the huddle and get the ball into the hands of playmakers and they were like, "Oh yeah, well he good." And then all of a sudden, you know, like he was in MVP conversation with Mahomes. Oh yeah, we ain't got to look for no quarterback. We ain't got to reach. And the next thing you know, you know, they they felt like, "Okay, man, we good. We got Teddy Bridgewater. We hide him on the bench. Drew retired. We can bring Teddy out and you know have him for a couple of years." But Teddy ended up playing because Drew Brees got hurt. So you don't want to you don't want to end up going down that same road. You you look every year you you want to be looking and make sure that you put the best talent possible and if you got a guy that you feel like can be the future of your franchise going forward or he can give you a little something a heck you know like he can be a solid backup quarterback you know like you know and if he comes in if the quarterback goes down he can come in and you know he can keep the thing afloat you you get him you you get that guy you don't sit up here and say man wait the next year like waiting the next year has got the saints in this this situation Right. So you don't want to just be waiting for next year and say, oh, man, the, the quarterback, the quarterback class next year is is, is going to be much better. Well, I put it to you like this. If you are looking forward to next year and the quarterback class being better, then that means that you have no faith in your, your team this season and you feel like you're going to just fall off a cliff and not be very good. If you're looking at that, because we all know that the creme de la creme of quarterbacks going to top 10. So if you're not trying to pick into the top 10, you don't need to be looking at those guys. You need to be looking at guys that are going to be late picks, like Hinton Hooker, because you feel like you're going to be picking at pick number 32 because you want the whole doggone thing. Uh, hope we can find a sneaky linebacker in the late rounds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I You know, I say Sanders out of uh, Arkansas. I feel like, you know, he's a really good linebacker, and I think that he's a much better linebacker in the upgrade from Caden Ellis. He's a guy that can rush the quarterback. He's a guy that can run sideline to sidelines. And he can give you something, you know, he can give you something in in, in pass coverage as well. Uh, who that TJ? Feeling that autism shirt. My daughter is on the spectrum. Yeah, you know, like, um, yeah, it, it is uh, autism awareness month, the month of April. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm wearing this shirt just to show support. I mean, there are, there are thousands of individuals that deal you know with autism um each and every day you know kids and you know you know you have i mean like it's a, a serious situation you know what i'm saying and you know and i'm always i have a lot of respect for you know individuals with special needs my mom was a special education teacher she's worked uh opened up centers and stuff like that helping individuals with special needs i can remember growing up in new orleans on saturday uh, my mom she would take uh you know my my uncle who has a uh, special needs uh, my uncle uh, jesse jones jr um and also uh another guy uh, land um who you know my mom uh, just absolutely loved they would go bowling uh every single weekend they had their own bowling league uh special olympics my my uncle has taken part in that and uh you know i know so many individuals that that deal you know that have children and and, and have uh, even adults that have deal with autism you know that they're raising and taking care of so this is this shirt just shows support for that you know like and uh you know i'm always uh going to be uh, a supporter of that you know because you know i always say you know people look at people with autism and you know they look at them like oh man look but i always say you know a person that can find and see the good in everybody you know in a world like this, they can see good and, and purity and innocence and in everybody, you know, like I just wonder like who's the person with the problem? You know, who who is the who's the real person that that has the issue? We walk past individuals, we looking them up and down, we wondering if we can trust that individual rather it's in a relationship, rather it's a friendship. But individuals that just see you for who you are, you know, deep down into your soul and can see the good in you. No matter what type of person you is, no matter what walk of life you from, no matter what your, you know, issues are, rather you're the meanest person in the world. Um, so I just wonder. So but anyway, I am I support individuals with autism and um, it is Autism Awareness Month. So just showing a little bit of love. Let's see. Uh, so if we draft Hooker and I hope we do, what will they do with Jameis? Cut him? No, no, nah, you, you don't cut him. You know, you just have him and hook on, you know, on the bench, you know, have him develop. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jameis Winston is not going to be here next year. So, you know, you have yourself a guy that can be waiting in the wings. I mean, we, we act as if like, we we act as if every draft pick that the that teams get, like these guys end up being starters right away. You know, they, we, we act like these guys are being starters, like right away. Like you need, guys that can develop within your system and having a guy on a bench is not that bad. Like you get a guy that can come in that can contribute and you know, like you don't have to worry about the pressure of being the guy he can learn. He can be that guy when, when his name is called and when he's ready. So I I think that a lot of the modern generation of football fans, we, we want instant gratification. We don't remember the days when guys sat on a bench and and developed and grew and end up being really, really good because of that. Because they didn't come in with the pressures of saving a franchise. Like, we just become accustomed to guys coming in right away and playing. And if a guy isn't coming in right away and playing, we just wondering if that guy is good enough. You know, but that's not always the case. We look at so many guys, like Aaron Rodgers is one of them. You know, Steve Young was one of them. You know, so many different guys who kind of waited in the wings for their opportunity. Patrick Mahomes was another guy. You know, they didn't come in. Jalen Hurts was another guy. They didn't come in right away and just start playing. They sat on that bench. They learned. They became professionals. They learned that playbook. They got in tune with the team. And the next thing you knew, their career is taken off. So to say that a guy just needs to start right away, I just think that that's there's, there's not – you know that's that's not necessary all the time now there are guys like there's teams like the carolina panthers they're going to draft the quarterback and that guy's going to play right away right because he is a franchise right and there's opportunities where guys can get drafted and they don't have to worry about being a starter right away and you know that that pressure is you know alleviates all off of them so uh let's see Pre-stay everyone and stay vigilant to the energy all around you. Yeah. More trouble in the chat. Uh let's see. Jordan Love, for instance. Uh, the only position I want to be ready to start is wide receiver and lineman on either side of the ball. Like even with that, you know, like even with that, I'm not really I don't feel like that's a deal breaker either. You know, like some guys come in and they, you know, like Trey Hendrickson wasn't a starter. You know, he wasn't a starter, but he still contributed and provided a a spark. Right. So it doesn't always have to be like, man, this guy got to start right away. But I get it. You know, I understand, man. There's nothing more exciting than watching a young bull like attack the quarterback and, you know, getting those double digit sacks. And when you see guys like Michael Parsons and Chase Young and Aiden Hutchinson and Bosa's, you know, like when you see guys like that, you want some of that on your team. And you're wondering to yourself, like, why is it taking so long for this defensive lineman that we drafted in the first round uh, for the light to come on, like, like a Peyton Turner or, or a Marcus Davenport? But sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss, sometimes it takes those guys a while, and sometimes guys just hit the ground running. And, uh, you know, hopefully if the Saints draft a guy on the defensive line, he can be the latter. He can, uh, you know, he can hit the ground running. The media and Matt Moscona gave the Saints offseason a seat because they want the Saints to rebuild to get a quarterback of the future. I think we can compete now. I think we have two years Super Bowl window with our young prime uh, guys. What about you? Well, look, I look, Shouts out to Matt Moscona. I don't think Matt Moscona has an issue um, you know, with Derek Carr, the Saints signing Derek Carr. I think his biggest issue, and I've, I've heard him say this, is the fact that you know when they brought him in, you know, and it was there's a possibility of them trading him. The Saints were the only team that actually actually uh, called and asked the, you know for him to come in for the for a possible trade. So he felt like that would be you know kind of asinine. I, I think that I think that he wants the New Orleans Saints you know to win. I think that you know he believes that Derek Carr can be a solid quarterback for the Saints. Uh, As far as, you know, drafting the quarterback of the future, here's the reality, man. Like, if you don't think that guy is the future of your franchise right away, then, you know, more than likely you ain't going to draft him. And where the Saints are picking right now, the chances are the guy being the quarterback that you draft at 29 is going to take some work, right? And in the process, you're going to have to have somebody else that's going to be able to go out there and play and that's just and there's a chance where that guy may not be everything you want him to be those guys are like you know some of the top 10 picks that's probably going to come off the board but you know I, i'm look if the guy isn't there he isn't there and you don't reach right you can't you can't put a square peg into a round hole you just can't right it's rather the guy got it or he doesn't you feel like he has it fine if you don't think he has it or you gonna need some work you know, I mean, but look, you can if if I'm knocking on wood when I say this, if the New Orleans Saints play horrible next year and they picking in the top five, well, draft your franchise quarterback. Draft them. You know what I'm saying? Because if if you're that bad, two things happen here. Rather Derek Carr didn't live up to the expectations, you got hurt. Or you know what I'm saying, like yeah, like or Jameis Winston came in and he and he didn't provide a spark. So You already seen what you needed to see from these quarterbacks. So you might as well go ahead and draft another one. So no need to reach, no need to stretch to try to get a guy, you know. And if you feel like you can get a seasoned veteran that can give you what you need right now, why sit up there and be like, okay, man, I need to rebuild the whole team. Rebuild what? Like the Saints, in a a way, they already rebuild. They they have a young team. Like we just don't pay that much attention to it because – of uh, you know, like I said, the mainstays of the team. But this is a young team. If you look around the wide receiver room, you look at the offensive line, you look at uh, you know, the tight ends, like you know, like you, you look at the linebackers, you know, for the exception of Mario Bar- Davis, these guys are young. p1 Warner, third year, the Marco Jackson, pretty, you know, what I'm saying going into his second year, Zach Bond going into his fourth year. These guys are young, so you still got a bunch of young, talented guys on your football team. You just need, you know, so. And you got a good combination of seasoned veterans out there as well. They help these guys become pros. And now you got a quarterback that's that's been around the league, that's seen it all, that's done it all, and that can probably take your offense to the next level. I mean, that's what we're all hoping at least. Josh, thank you very much for the five dollars. Says I know the best fit for the Saints, TJ, on a podcast with Josh Kimo, OG, and chosen uh manning uh the chat. Well, look, all, all I know is uh I'm excited about this, uh, this, this uh, upcoming draft because, you know, that's always a fun time, you know, every time, you know, it is, it very impromptu uh, It's exciting, uh, you know, and, you know, I'm always, I have so many people that I get opportunity to talk to and have a good time with. So that, that your, your dream is probably going to become a reality, man, especially on the draft episode when we have a whole bunch of fun and, you know, we basically just kind of go crazy with the phone lines, and you know, it's just, it, it's been it's been some very viral and viral worthy moments that we've had on the draft episode for all the new people out there that ain't never experienced that. But I'm excited about it, looking forward to it. Uh, he definitely had a problem with Carr; he didn't want to pay Carr and wanted Jameis Winston or AD to be the bridge. And we traded assets; didn't want to, to sign Mike T again as well. Wanted to uh get under cap, trade assets rebuild. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't wanna I don't want to sit up here and make it seem like, oh, you know, like what he's talking about is far-fetched. Like, look, everybody's just giving their opinions. There's no right or wrong about this. You know, everybody has their thoughts and their views about where the Saints can go, especially if the team isn't being what we want them to be. And um, there, there's room for a lot of arguments that are being put out here, but The Saints didn't, you know, they didn't try to do the whole rebuild process. They didn't try to get get under the cap and all that. Well, they got under the cap because of, you know, so they can sign some guys. But the the Saints are trying to go for it. They're trying to go for it, and and they're trying to do everything that they can to try to win that bowl. And I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. You know, I I think that, you know, the morale was so low and, you know, hope felt like it was, you know, was gone Now, all of a sudden, like, they come in and they play really well. You know, They, I mean, they sign all these guys, and if these guys can end up playing well, we might just be there in the end. You know, by we, I mean the Saints. Uh, I'm going to tell you a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here, man. Uh, TJ, uh, how wide do you think our Super Bowl window is? I say two years after Carr depends on the next quarterback we get uh, and whoever the next head coach be. If Carr fails, D.C. fails, and the new regime – Will take uh, place. Uh, but right now it's two years. I get look, I give it two years based on what we actually see. You know, like Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. Um, and you know, he can get you there. Right. I, I don't look, I don't want to hear anything about, oh man, I don't think so. Like, look at the state of the NFC. Like, there's there's not a quarterback out there that I just feel like just lighting it up, tearing it up. Like, even with Jalen Hurts, like yeah, he played really well last year, but we're, can that, like I need to see this consistently. Like With Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes has been consistently good. Now, we want to hurry up and try to jump and put these new guys in here because you got Brady leaving, you got Breeze leaving, you got Phillip Rivers leaving, the Manning's gone. So you need that new face of the NFL, right? So if a guy goes out there and he has one good year of production, yeah, let's go ahead and throw him in here. But I need to see this. Like Jalen Hurts played really well, run up for MVP, this, that, and the third. But as time goes on and as your star power rises, guess what? Defenses are more motivated to neutralize you, and they are trying to do everything they possibly can to make you a mere mortal in a world where people think that you're immortal. So I need to see that again. I need to see it again. And I, like I said, you're only funky is your last cut. I get it. So he's extremely funky right now. But I need to see it more consistently. And there's not a quarterback in the NFC that I fear. I don't. I don't fear any quarterback in the NFC. And I don't think there's a team in the NFC I don't think the Saints can beat. Based on what that defense brought to the table, and now you have a quarterback that you know people feel like can get the job done, and then you also got some guys that are more athletic you got, you know, a, a bunch of talented uh, wide receivers going into another year, their second year, so they're going to be acclimated to the playbook and be able to play a little bit more faster. So who's to say that the Saints won't be there in the end? Uh, they say TJ, um, who are you taking with the first two picks? Well, this is what I said, you know, in the first round, I said that the Saints need to go after Nolan Smith if possible, right? If possible, you know, to try to move, you know, maybe move up to try to acquire him because I feel like he'll more more than likely be gone because I think that you can put a little bit more weight on a guy and he can be, he can wreak some havoc. Now, also, Kalaja, uh Kansi, who I feel like probably won't be there, but those are the, some of the guys that I was looking at. If we want to be a little bit more realistic, you're probably going to have to get like Osiris Torrance or something like that, a guard or or maybe even another defensive line if you want to get uh, Ed O'Boway, that he would probably be there, uh, the defensive lineman, defensive tackle out of Northwestern. So if you don't want to trade anything, I would say Ed O'Boway. If you want to get aggressive, then you want to go with Kalaja Kansi, uh, Nolan Smith. Uh, Also, I said Sanders. So Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, who fits that mode, had nine and a half sacks last season. You know, and also be able to help you in the run game also be able to help you in the past coverage uh the dude is like really really good really really talented so those were the first two guys that I looked at because I feel like based on what the Saints have shown me based on what they've been doing it seems like they're really going with positions of need instead of like just going out there just reaching now I think they're gonna probably end up uh finding themselves being able to go out there and reach You know, like, because, you know, of what they're doing in the offseason. So those are are the two guys that I was looking at, you know. Those were the guys that I was looking at, I feel like, would be really good fits uh, for the New Orleans Saints uh, going forward. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it, uh, no matter where you are, wherever you may be. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Also, uh, Facebook.com serves the State of the Saints Podcast Network. Um, previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM, and also a part of Megaphone FM. Shouts out to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, make sure you follow Be- Belly Up Media on Twitter, and follow yours truly on Twitter, uh, as well at Jones 8 um, Coming up, um, I'm actually about to uh, end this show, and – I'm about to do an episode of the therapy college podcast for those that may be interested in that. A therapy Calls podcast is not about sports. Uh, it's not a sports podcast. It's mostly just kind of just talking about life. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about, um, you know, why I haven't done a podcast in the last couple of days and also just some of the things that, uh, you know, some thoughts and some feelings that, uh, I've been dealing with. So, um, You know, and also hopefully, you know, some of these stories and some of the things we talk about, be able to help somebody. So um, check out the Therapy College podcast immediately following uh, this show. Uh, We're going to be going live there and I'm going to be, you know, talking and discussing uh, some of those things. So thank you all so much. Uh, Till next time. All I got to say is who that?